When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are back with Sir Crokington. And we are going to go to Trithic to go to Thane Porrand, who now has a task for us. Because we've put because by completing Proving Grounds 1, we finished pro-requests to do the next part. I'm in my residence and to the Thane. Adventures for this location. A message to Merksbill. I would ask a favour of you, friend, sustained Porrand, as he pokes strokes the embers of a fire with an ornate iron poker. And a message that delivers that needs to be delivered safety to an operative I have in a place up wither in the town of Merksbill. I fear its delivery may involve a considerable degree of danger. It is a message of great importance that must be delivered in haste and at all cost. Here we go. I ask. I have a favour to ask of you, friend. Sustained Poland, as he strokes the ember of a fire with one on eight iron poker. I have a message that leads to be delivered safely to an operative I have in place up the wither in the town of Milkspool. I would not think to insult you by using you as a courier, yet I fear that the delivery of this message may involve a considerable degree of danger. It's a message of great importance that must be delivered in haste and at all cost. Thane pauses and looks at you intently, as if to gorge your reaction to what he said. He then stands and begins pacing in front of the fireplace as he fills you in on some of the details surrounding the matter. Learn that for the past year, Thane Portland has had a regular correspondence with a secretive agent. He is placed in the town of Mugsville. He, do, he does not relate to you the nature of the agent tasks, but he assures you it is of grave importance to Kingdom. One of the Thane's most trusted couriers has successfully borne many letters to and from the wither ports of the north since the secret operation began. As you soon learn, all of that has recently changed. Two weeks ago, I sent my courier, a man by the name of Jan Stilnor, to, to, to Mugsburg. The message stating that a very important message would follow in the coming week. I needed assurance from my operative that a mission had not been compromised before I would risk sending the important message. Jand has not returned. I suspected at once he had met with foul play, even the Witherport, on the lonely roads that lie between here and there. This note, left only yesterday at the gates by an anonymous courier, confirms my suspicions. Thane Poen draws a weathered piece of parchment from his hat pocket and hands it to you. 
carefully read the messaging drawn to the parchment. The thing point is handed to you. Reads as followed. Follows. A cover has been compromised. Jard is dead. I have escaped them for now. You will know where to send word to me. Should you have required the message, I implore you to send it at once. Take all possible precaution, precautions to ensure it's safe arrival. We may not have another chance. Blue Cape is on the move. I will wait at the usual spot as long as I can. Send Sir Crokington, if at all possible. As you sit and ponder the meaning of this hastily scribbled note, the Thane continues to lay out the situation for you. Thane Poet tells you he was agreed upon at the outset that you should trouble before the mission. His agent in Migsport was to seek safety at an inn known as the Five Knots, located near the wharfs. The innkeeper is an old friend, he, he explains. He knows nothing of this business, but he can be trusted. His name is Thrid One-Eye. My, my agent has made it safe, safety of his inn. I trust the Lord as well. And a message from me is e eagerly awaited there. Thane Poen turns to you places a hand on your pocket. On your shoulder. He draws another piece of parchment from his pocket. You note there is, a, there is bound into it is bound into a square by a single length of thick string. I need you to deliver this message to my, my operative in Mugsburg, he says. There's no one else I can trust this delivery to, Sir Crokington. And you can plainly see from the correspondence left at my very gate you have been specifically requested. How my agent has come to know you, or your involvement me, I cannot fathom. It's hardly time for such questions. When you tell the Thane you will accept the mission, he smiles and hands you a piece of bound piece of bound parchment. Let's look at it. Thane Poland has trusted you to deliver this piece of par bound parchment to an operative in the town of Mugsport. The sheet of parchment is blank. Well, the Thane says the agent will know what to do with it. Well, of course, it's spy stuff. You can't just let anybody read it. The Thane stresses that the message he has given you must be delivered safely to his agent, who he believes to be waiting in the five knots in near the wharfs in Mugsport. You suddenly realise he's not told you anything about his operative. You're not certain how you will know who, to, who you are to look for. When you raise the question, the Thane nods grimly. My operative is quite perspective, he perceptive, he says, and will no doubt know you upon sight. To tell you more about my agent before you deliver me, may unnecessarily endanger all your work so hard to put in place. I trust you, Sir Crokerton, yet I cannot in good conscience relate to you anything about my operative. For my honour, I have sworn to the secrecy of this affair. In that sense, however, the two what I sense, however, the two of you may not be strangers to each other after all. The Thane's explanation seems plausible, and you give him an understanding nod. Then it is set, he says, meeting you in a shoulder cross, as you rise from your seat by the fire. You must leave tomorrow at the break of dawn. I shall arrange a coach to bear you to Mugsport with all possible haste. Quarters will be drawn up for you here tonight. And I suggest you get, get you get your rest, for I sense you may need it for the road ahead. The night passes swiftly, and 
and you rise an hour before dawn in your spacious accommodations on Twinkey. A small but filling breakfast is brought to you in your room by one of the Thane's servants. Just as you have finished your meal, the door opens, Thane Pollen steps into the chamber. He hands you a small pouch containing several dried leaves, which you recognise to be Quebec leaves. Let's have a look at them. This small the small dried leaf of the Quebec plant will restore lost stamina points. And of course the advantage of these is you can use them when you have no Neville Reserve left and you can use them when the about the end of combat button is on the screen. You may have need of them before you reach the end of your road, he says. I've arranged passage for you aboard a coach that will depart from Elder Walk Lane. The driver, a man named Pergin, has instructions from me, but no knowledge of your true mission. You can trust him, Sir Crokington, but no one else. You bid Thane Poland a farewell and leave the grounds of Twin Keep, headed for Elder Walk Lane and the coach that will bear you to Mugsport. As you make your way through the deserted early morning streets of Twithick, you can't help but think there's more to this business that has been made clear to you. Well, of course, it's spy stuff. As you near the end of Elder Walk Lane, passing through the narrow thoroughfare that is Black Moss Road, you suddenly become aware of the sound of footsteps on the street behind you. You glance back over your shoulder, but you're surprised the street is empty in your wake. As your eyes turn to the street in front of you, a brown blur streaking towards your head is it's the only glimpse you catch of a stealthy attack. Picking a number! Bonus of 48, 20 from agility, 10 from luck, and 18 from nominal combat. Alright, pick now. 80. The speeding object misses your head by mere millimetres as you duck and roll forward. You immediately spring to your feet and spring, spin to face your unknown assailant. Standing in the street, barely 10 feet from where you are, four masked individuals. Three men and a woman. The foremost of, of the mass individuals, a tall, lanky man, holds a stout wooden cudgel. The very instrument with which you no doubt slaughter to end your life. Not very sporting of me, eh? He sniggers, his, his, his swoo green eyes visible through the slight, tiny slits in the blue cloth mouth, mouth mask that covers his face. Peer along now like a good toad, and you might just keep yourself alive. I think you have something that belongs to us, Sir Crokington. The use of your name by this masked man such a chill the length of the spine. Whoever these masked individuals are, they must be seeking to del- seeking the message that Thane Pollen has entrusted you to deliver. You're quite dismayed your mission appears to be compromised at such an early stage. The four masked figures stare at you expectantly. Uh, so I hand the message over to them, or I don't. What happens if I do? Oh, oh. <laughs> you hand the message over to the masked man. He snatches it from you and bows gracefully. He turns and hands a slip of bound parchment to the masked woman, promptly slips it into the sleeve. You forgive us, of course. One last violent trespass, yes? You have less than a second to ponder the meaning of these words, when a savage blow strikes the back of her head. You were driven to your knees beneath the weight of it, and are unconscious. Conscious before your body slumps to the feet. With no desire to leave you as the only witness to the attack, 
your enemies promptly cut your throat. You have been killed. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That is a bad move. Well, now you know what happens. Okay, and now... Well, that puts me... Where am I now? Well, I'm still in the Heart Hills. Alright, back... Hurry on back to the Thane. Okay, explore. Northern. No, 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 no. Explore. Eastern. Residence. Thane Poland. Adventures. Start the adventure. Just... Going to quickly click through to where we were before. Got the parchment. Got the Quebec leaves. Here comes the check. 49. A heavy wooden object strikes the side of your head with tremendous force, doubling your vision and sending you sprawling to the ground. 19 damage. You stagger to your feet and turn to face your unknown assailant. Standing in a street barely ten feet from you are four masked individuals. Three women. Okay. Okay, now since I know what happens when you hand the message over, you die. Refuse to hand the message over. The masked man's eyes now upon your refusal. The three individuals immediately behind him step forward, each brandishing long curved knives. Their eyes, like that of their apparent masked leader, are coldly fixed on you now slits in the cloth that cover their faces. Flee or face them. Face them. Three of the masked assailants step back, and the leader of the group, his blue fringe cape stirring slightly in the early morning breeze that sweeps across his chest, draws a long sword and levels the blade at your chest. This is a game that does not concern you, he says, his voice somewhat muffled by the cloth mask covering his face. You have been given chance to save yourself, and you will now learn a rather painful sort of affair, sort of lesson about interfering in affairs that do not welcome intrusion. With that, he leaps forward and slashes you, branding his blade with the skill of a master swordsman. It's the blue caped assailant. Begin combat. The caped, the blue caped masked man slashes you with fire weaved longsword. Alright, this is some serious stuff. Devastating blow, 31 damage, and then 26 damage. Alright, devastating blow for 27 damage, then 29 damage. Oh, oh, and he just ran away. He's fled from combat, and I heal a bit. Your blue caked opponent ducks out of melee range, nursing the serious wounds you've dealt him. You're about to step forward, hoping he and his crew will take fright when the sound of approaching footfalls from the far end of the lane signals the arrival of the city watch. Your masked man orders his three, three companions to flee, and they wash off in separate directions, as four guardsmen loom into view along the street. Before your blue-caped enemy departs, however, he issues you a stark warning. We shall meet again in a time and place more favourable to dealing with you as I should like, he says coldly. Do not cross the water if you value your life. What, what, what water? With that, he turns and rushes off along the street, having no desire to face 
the approaching guardsmen, you duck into an alley and cut over to another street. Your encounter with the four mass assailants has greatly unnerved you. It would appear that your mission for the Fane is not as secretive as he, or you, might have hoped, and you certainly have a bad feeling that this new, unsettling development bodes ill for these agents in Munchsburg. You wonder what danger awaits you in a smaller Witherport to the north, or along the roads that lead to it, as you once again set off to find Odo Oak Lane. You turn into Odo Oak Lane and have not gone far when you arrive at the coach station. It was little more than a small, squalid shack sandwiched between two dilapidated stone buildings. On the street in front of the station sits a coach drawn by four horses. As you approach the coach, a thin, white-haired man steps down from his heat and greets you with a curt nod. He introduces himself as Pergin, tells you that he is your servant. He's at your service for the duration of your journey to Bugsport. I was told you'd be here early. So you are, he says rather roughly. I don't know anything about your business, and I don't care to either. I'll get you to Rugsport as fast as your carriers. He pats the side of his coach tenderly and opens a side door and urges you to enter with a wave of his hand. We've got the better part of two days before us, he says impatiently. We'd best be started right now. We'll take one last look around on the street before stepping into the coach to begin the lengthy trip to Rugsport. As the coach rattles along the uneven street, you can't help but wonder what the road between the two Witherports held in store for you. The journey to Mugsport proves uneventful, and while you dare not relax your guard following the trips, you hope time and again the trouble you found in the streets of Twithick did not follow you to the even less savoury Witherport to its north. Now and again during the journey, you unfurl the parchment given to you by the Thane and study it half expecting that at some point something might appear on a perfectly smooth, blank surface. Each time, however, you're dismayed to note that nothing has changed, and the message you are to deliver remains a mystery. Pergrim proves to be good company on the long, tiresome trek, and you spend a good while conversing with him on a broad range of topics, who never wants his conversation steer in the direction of a mission, or what business awaits you in Mergsport. Nearly two days after setting off, off in Twithick, you arrive in Milksport, the Witherport is home to the notorious and powerful Wither Guild. Okay, there's a link for them. Well, there was. But it turns out that it's not an official link. Or something. Or it's linking spelled wrong here or something. Okay, is it? Is it just... Okay, I'm going to check the A to Z. Maybe it's just spelled a different way. Wither Guild. Yes. The Wither Guild. It's the name of a powerful and influential federation of merchants and traders overseas and profits from nearly all the commerce that passes from Mugsville along the Wither Tint Wind. Over the last century, the Guild has grown at an alarming, at a startling rate. Expanding beyond the broad boundaries of Mugsville to other important ports along the Great Wither. The Wither Guild now maintains a presence in each of the following cities along the Wither Twin. Mugsville, Trithick, Trindmore and Gwaldock. In each of these four cities, the Guild operates grand emporiums in which a wide range of weapons, items, weapons and armour can be bought and sold. Adventurers seeking to browse through the items for sale in importance will first need to purchase a Wither Guild medallion 
them with with the gold office in Mixbowl. We've already got one of those. The Wither Guild wields an extraordinary amount of political power in Mixbowl, which is yet to achieve a similar level of might elsewhere. The Guild is governed by a Guildmaster, who is elected by a council of six. Okay, and that that's that's the Wither Guild. Pilgrim tells you he will remain with the coach and feed and water the horses at the stable just inside the southern edge of the small city. My instructions are to wait for you, no matter how long whatever it is you're up to takes, he says, fin finishing the thought with a pronounced wink. Don't think I'll wander off either. Not likely this fine team or this wagon would last long left on their own. You bid Pergin farewell. Tell him you hope to return soon. With that, you set off to find the inn. Knows the five knots down by the piers. Mixborough is, by and large, a more wretched and unsavoury place than is Trithic. Despite an honest effort by the Wither Guild to clear up the town and bring law and order to the growing Witherport, the burgeoning city remains a haven for rampant disease, deadly crime, and widespread, widespread appalling squalor. You've only just passed into the city's Witherfront district when you find yourself accosted by a grimy, fearsome-looking, white-bearded beggar. The scrowling beggar thrusts a wooden bowl and angrily demands a gold token. Okay, okay, you can have it. You toss a gold token into the beggar's list, and he bows. And now a word of advice. And now a word of advice, croaks. Two will strive for a cloven crown, he says. His voice breaking at odd intervals as he relates to you what seems to be a wambling collection of dispowered thoughts. Only one will have it, though it may not be he who you have known as a friend. When you're, when you're about to ask the beggar what he means, when he suddenly curses at you and lurches away along the street, leaving to puzzle over the meaning, if any, to his strange words. You have little difficulty finding the inn known as the Five Knots. Down along the harbours on Wilmigspool's teeming with the front, to carefully surveying the front of this dingy, half-rotted structure for several minutes, you move up and cautiously enter the inn. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The common room of the five knots is not crowded, but you count eight patrons seated at various dilapidated tables scattered across the warped planks that make up the floor of this unsavoury den. You stride purposely into the room and are promptly approached by the short, thin-faced man who bows and welcomes you to his, his establishment. Immediately note, the man who claims ownership of the inn has both his eyes, as opposed to the man Thane Pollard mentioned you would find. The, the old friend and trusted ally known as Fluid One-Eye. An easy feeling comes over you as you smile as you stare at the smiling man who bows before you a second time. Is there something the matter? Yes, as he comes up 
from the second bow. Okay. I can use divination, ask for a third one eye, and leave the inn at once. Use divination. Succeeded. 16 XP to divination. You not only sense the man standing before you is nervous, but that you are in grave danger here. Okay, leave at once. Realising you've likely walked into a trap, you're about to turn ahead for the door. And the sound of it closing from behind you elicits a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. Your heart sinks and your pulse begins to waste when you turn to find the front door is closed and two of the inn patrons are standing in front of it. You spit around to discover, much to dismay again, the back door is also blocked by a pair of burly, glowing men. The innkeeper steps to his right and smiles quickly. I hardly expected an agent of the Thanes to not so readily step into an obvious snare, he says, his, grin, his leering grin turning into a hideous scowl. You immediately demand to know what has become of the real innkeeper, though you make no mention of the agent you hope to find here. The man you are dressing shakes his head, and before you can follow up, your demand, with the threat of force, a nightmarish transformation comes over every last soul in the five knots. You watch in horror as the innkeeper and the eight men now standing rapidly transform into Kogari. Not those again. The nine rat men, armed with an array of weaponry, quickly move to encircle you. Tear down! barks the inn of the vicious pack who only moments ago posed as the innkeeper, two of the Kogari, wielding barred flails, rush forward and attack, sweeping out at you with their deadly lashes. You step back and assume a defensive posture, steeling yourself to meet their savage assault. Salt, two flail-wielding Kogari, lash out at you with their barbed flails, and a slain. 4xp. Two Gagari land, land in a heap at your feet, and you've only just stepped back from the corpses when the matman who poses as the innkeeper steps forward and hurls more vial of silver liquid at you. Oh. Fortification, telekinesis, or dodging. Telekinesis. You succeeded. 8 XP to telekinesis. You call upon your power of telekinesis and manage to guide the hurled vial, of course. Sending it to a far wall where it shatters upon impact. A shower of the silver liquid cascades down the wall and runs farmlessly into warped planks on the inn's floor. Thankful to avert the death treacherous attack, but where of the power that surrounds you, you quickly assume a combat ready stance. Three Kagari leap forward and attack. Two of them stabbing you with bone hilted daggers, and the third striking out with a short sword. You dodge their initial assault and quickly launch a counter-attack, hoping your bold tactic will put the murderous rat men on the defensive. Three vicious Kagari. They savagely attack me. One of them deals a brutal blow for eight damage, but nevertheless, they are slain. Five XP. You leap over the corpses of the three Kagari, immediately find you engage, self-engaged with two more of the vicious rat men. Two sword-wielding Kagari. Fight them. They slash at you with their swords, I stab with my dagger, my quick stab dagger for quick stabbing, and they are slain. 5 XP. With the two sword wound Kagari lying bloody at your feet, you step back and assume a defensive stance, 
as the largest of vicious ratmen strides towards you, a heavy battle axe gripped tightly in his clawed hands. The savage Kogari bares its teeth and snarls as the rodent warrior lunges at you. Swiping, swiping for your head with its deadly cleave, axe wielding Kogari chops at you with his axe and is slain. 5xp. The axe wielding rat, rat man topples over and lands at your feet. His thick grey fur slick with the blood of the many wounds now whittling his torso. You turn to find the supposed innkeeper, or rather, the Kagari he became, only to find that the apparently fled during the battle is now nowhere to be seen. You're about to begin a search of the fine knot, hoping there is yet a chance to find the Fane's agent alive, when you suddenly spot a tall, thin figure in a brown cloak clutching around the back door of the inn. The figure, unmistakably human, flings open the door and flees out of the inn before you even had a chance to react. Okay, I go out the back door, or the front door. Use divination for clues. It expedes the divination. You sense the person in the brown cloak is moving towards the front of the inn. Guided by your mastery of divination, you quickly turn and sprint out through the front door. You turn and dash out the front door and immediately stop. Spot a tall, thin man in a brown cloak emerging from the alley next to the inn. The man turns his head before you. You catch a glimpse of his face and slips into the crowd, moving along the pipe piers. A chorus of fearful shrieks suddenly rises up from the teeming throng, and a poor and a broad plume of red flame flames shrieks into the sky as the crowd scatters. The fiery column rapidly dissipates, leaving its wake only a charred mark on the brown, broad stone walk that, ed- that edges the harbour. You step forward to with Stored with several others and make a close examination of the scorched spot. There is little doubt the man fleeing from you used some sort of teleportation, a might, a biter mode you've never seen, to aid his escape. Dismayed at having lost the opportunity to identify or even capture the cloaked man who made such a flamboyant escape, you return to the inn and begin a thorough search of the dilapidated structure. Seeking any clue that might point you in the direction of the Thane's agent, the half dozen, the half dozen inhabitable rooms of the rotting inn appear to have had seen little or no recent use. Though as you're passing out of the last of them, you catch sight of an odd-looking gap in the floorboards next to the mouldy straw mattress in the corner. Suspicion is validated when you discover that t- that a two-foot length of the board is loose and removable. You lift up the wart's plank, and much to surprise, your eyes fall upon a small, leather-bound book lying in the hollow below. You reach down and retrieve the odd find. The small book contains quite a few pages, each of which is covered in a strange array of intricate symbols. You recognise at once the symbols must be some sort of coded language, designed to prevent unwanted eyes from learning what is contained within the secretive volume. You'll wonder if the book has any weapons connection to Thane's agents, also the very business that has brought you to Megspool. Believing there is a good chance it does, you promptly stow it away amongst your possessions. I now have the leather-bound journal. This small leather-bound journal is scripted in a complex code of symbols. It's obvious to whoever, whoever this book belonged to wished to keep its contents a secret. 
After determining there was nothing else of any interest to be found in the inn, you step out of the half-rotted hovel and prepare to make your way back to the coach that you hope is prepared to bear you away from this town. You make your way through the streets of Herxville, heading ever in the direction of the stables, when you hope to find the coach and Pergin awaiting your turn. Now and again, you glance back over your shoulder, half expecting to catch sight of the man in the brown cloak slipping along, slipping along the street behind you. Although such sighting ever takes place, you can't seem to shake the eerie feeling as you're being watched, and perhaps followed. Upon reaching the stables, you were most relieved to find Perkin and his team of mares eager to depart. The loyal driver does not inquire about the status of your business, but seems relieved when you announce that you are also ready to leave. Had a strange set of folks sniffing about a while back, he says, as you climb into the carriage in preparation for the trek back to Trithic. Most likely thieves, looking to see what they could score off an unattended wagon. Mind you, this old stick gave them gave them over to thinking more than once about it. Pergwin twists about in his seat and waves a crude but thick wooden cudgel in front of the window on your left to illustrate his words. You ask him if any of those encountered, he encountered war masks. He seems taken aback by a question. No, no masks on that lot, he says. Though that might have done them a bit, a bit of good. Real unsavoury bunch you might expect for this sort of place and for the kind of folk they were not to worry though wasn't about to let them make off with anything particularly not this old wagon your, your return to Swithick is thankfully both speedy and without incident less than two days after setting off from Mixville the walls of the Adderstone looming to view out of the bank of early morning fog that's rolled off the wither to only a brief stop at the main gates your court your coach passes into the city, where you instruct the driver to make way for Twinned Keep. Weary, but eager to report the events in Mergsport to the Thane, you bid the driver farewell at the gates of the keep and disembark. You met at once by a pair of, guard, pair of guardsmen who immediately recognise you and call, for the gates, call at once for the gates to be opened. A lone guard meets you just inside the gates and ushers you into the keep's main tower. Where in the private chambers of Thanepot, wherein lies the private chambers of Thanepot, a man you've come to know as both a trusted ally and a friend. As you step into the passage that will lead you to the door of Thane's quarters, the guardsman bids you farewell and leaves you to return to the post. When he is gone, you turn and step hurriedly along the corridor, wondering just what the Thane will make of the news he will return bearing. Within only a few paces of a familiar door, when the sudden sound of two distinct voices from behind the thick wooden slab freezes you in mid-step. Not sure why. You halt and listen as the voices continue. One of them is clearly that of the Thane himself, though the other is thin and wavering. Your heart skips a beat as you hear your, main, your name mentioned twice by the Thane. You also manage to hear Thane say he's been sent to Mixpool and... Very much in doubt of that. Suddenly, the voices fall silent, and you become aware of the sound of heavy footfalls moving up to the other side of the door. You quickly retreat several places along the hall. The door swings inward. A tall, broad-shouldered figure of the thane steps into the corridor. 
His eyes immediately fall upon you. A look of surprise clouds his normally stoic demeanour. He seems to recover quickly from the episode, however, greets you with a startle, with a smile. You startle me, Sir Crookson, he says, turning to look at the opposite end of the passage. Fret not over me, though. Come in at once and warm yourself by that fire. I assume you have arrived bearing news from Rugsbo? You step into the Thane's chamber ahead of the Overlord, who promptly closes the door behind itself. Your eyes search every corner of the sizable clotted room, but you can see no sign of anyone else. The Thane bids you take a seat by the fire and tell him all about your recent excursion. While you give the Thane a true account of what transpired in the knows the fire marks in Wimmersbull, for reasons you can't quite put your finger on, decide to lead out some of the details. You make no mention of the massed assailants who came upon in the streets of Swithick at the outsets of your journey, and you similarly leave out the appearance of a man in a brown cloak at the inn in Migsbull, and his sudden and fiery appearance. You also say nothing of the coded dirt journal you discovered beneath the loose floorboards in one of the inn, one of the inn rooms. Kagari, says Thane Poland as you conclude your narrative. I know only so well that there are ill kiss a wife well here in Twithick. It stirs me to no small degree that they are found elsewhere. Thankful beyond all measure that you've returned hence here safely, Sir Crokington. The Thane rises and stokes the embers of a nearby fire with an ornate iron poker. Are you certain there is nothing else to report? he says suddenly, turning and looking at you inquisitively. His question and the somewhat suggestive tone of his voice catches you off guard. But you manage to retain your composure and shake your head resolutely. He smiles and nods in response. Then it is perhaps as I feared, he says, putting down the ploker and leaning against the carved mantle. I'd hoped for a better word out of him, though alas, I can see now there is not much hope of one. Thane Pollard asks if you still possess the message he gave to you. You hand the piece of parchment to him and he tucks it into his tunic. Seem this is of little use now, he says gloomily. You will forgive my distant manner, he says momentarily, catching your gaze. I find myself at the centre of a business, now growing stranger and more sinister with every day that passes. I fear, however, I can relate very little of it to you, at least not yet, for swiftly does it, for, for swiftly does it run further, and so very deep does it run. You ask the, ask the Thane if the business he's speaking about directly involves the agent he sent you to find in Mugsport. message he gave you to deliver, he nods. She is very much involved in this affair. At least as much. At least as much as I've yet find myself involved, he says. It's perhaps no longer necessary to steal the name of my agent from you, as she certainly seems to know you. In fact, she will know. She requested that you be the one to deliver the message to her and Mixable. Despite what is said, the, the Fane still seems, at least momentarily, hesitant to reveal the name of his agent. As if anticipating your intimate inquiry, he turns away, sighs, then utters a single word. It's a woman's name. A name you haven't heard in quite some time. Ulari. A flood of memories pours into your mind as you vividly recall the adventures you shared with the young spellcaster, the daughter of the old mage Jathor, 
amidst the terrible events that transpired in and around the remote frontier town of Krewistan. You last saw the talented mage when you parted ways with her and Chu in the wounds of Krewistan, following your defeat of Starback the Slayer and his vile army Tazal in the village of Southleaf. I know only scant details of the affair you shared with her on the border, he says, turning and apparently noting your change of expression at the mention of her name. Someday, when there is time for it, you will have to tell me all about it. You're about to ask the important about what he suspects has happened to Alari, when he suddenly addresses that very question. I have no doubt that Uru is alive, he says, to tell him one of supreme confidence. She is resourceful and powerful. It would take take more more than a handful of whatmen to bring her down. I trust that she will appear when it's safe to do so, and when it will no longer endanger her mission. Rastain Poland about Thurid one lie. The only owner of the inn knows the five knots, and he shakes his head slowly. I will see to it that his disappearance is investigated, he says. Though it is doubtful he is still alive. The Kugare have very little regard for human life, I'm afraid. It is likely as not that my old friend has come to a bad end at their hands. I hold out just the slightest hope that he escaped Roy. At least we have that hope, however faint. The Fane is silent for a few moments, places his hand on your shoulders. You've he- you've heard you've perhaps heard whispers? the battle now waging on the shores of Sangard Isle, he said, his eyes earnestly scouring your face. Will it be whispers, mind you, for Sparse's deed is the word outside the king's most inner courts. You can, of course, trust me when I say that the stroll to retake the island from the creatures have long laid claim to it is underway, and has been since late last autumn. Thane Point slams you Slaps you on the shoulder as he stops, steps back, and folds his arms. It's not all gloom and despair, though, he says. At least not yet. There is a matter in which I shall desire your help. There is a part I wished you to play in that which is unfolding on the aisle. A part that will be known only to me, and I can assure you that I will trust no one else with so delicate a matter. Not where so much is at stake. I hope that when the time is right, you'll make, I may call upon you again to honour me with your service. Thane Bowen pours you some root wine, but you strangely find yourself unwilling to accept his hospitable offer. You politely decline the drink, and he nods, seemingly unaffected by your refusal. Be ever ready at, be ever at the ready, friend, he says, as you prepare to depart for I will surely be calling upon you in the coming days. Perhaps sooner than that, I expect, and again, I thank you. You bid the Thane farewell and step out of his chamber. He follows you out into the corridor and wishes you well, but his words have a hollow, unappealing ring to them. Twithick's overlord watches in silence as you move along the hall towards the stairs the far end who will lead you down and out of the keep's main tower. As you step through the gates of Twinned Keep and onto the streets of the Adderstone, you are just, which are just now coming to life with the rising of the sun, you cast a wary gaze over your shoulder, the stark silhouette of the tower you just left there, high above the streets of Twithick, peering out across the sprawling witherport, 
like a pair of unblinking eyes the windows of Thane, Thane's private chamber, a womb you left only moments ago. 384 experience to general, and that ends that adventure. It also unlocks the next one in the chain, which is a matter of secrecy, but that will be for the next episode. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurous. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.